Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So, stay with us, as right now, we present... You know, you know, I'm going to terminate that. You know what? It might be me. Um, I hate to say that, but so what I'm going to do is uh, step out and restart and come back. You got 10 minutes? Can we do that? Okay. Oh, it's just some glitch. Yeah, I'm I'm getting glitch on my end as well. Huh. Okay. So maybe maybe my deal. I haven't started. Hey, if my you want computer. me to restart, I can also restart my computer while you're restarting. Uh, I'll see who gets back first. Okay, I'll see you in a minute. Bye.
I'm back. Oh, hey. <laughs> Are you back as well? I am. Oh, this good. Is my, this is my doppelganger. <laughs> well, I think oh, yeah, Avatar. I think we're working now, so I'm going to now we've got uh, it's been going live for eight minutes and I will cut that out and and stuff and we'll start from from where we're going to begin. OK, are you ready? Oh, yeah. People might be interested in the tech and the tech issues the, as a blooper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, we may add that in somewhere just because that that happens occasionally. So yeah. are you ready? I'm ready. Hold on. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. We've got a great show for you today. We've got a gentleman by the name of uh, uh, Asher Lab, and he is, I don't know how to even describe you. How, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that to you. Um, I... I um, I called you an amazing performance artist. Is that is that a fair place to put you? I mean, I'm, I'm I generally don't pat myself on the back like that, but uh, I'm not going to say no. I like <laughs> well, I don't know if you've have you looked at any of the stuff you've done. No, I generally, I generally just do it and then I publish it and I don't look back. I move on to the next project, to be honest. <laughs> we, we give, well, if you were to look at some of the stuff you've done, it is pretty remarkable. Uh, I should check want, it out sometime. He <laughs> <laughs> really should. Because you and the millions of people that follow you have checked it out and they, and they, 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 they think you're pretty special. Well, I appreciate um, them all. Exactly. And, you know, today um, I was looking at some of the, the information that we've passed back and forth. And uh, um, I think what we're going to do today is to is to talk about because you you wrote a bunch of stuff for us to perhaps talk about and uh, pursuing creative outlets and setting goals and taking action and mm -hmm. cultivating a supportive community, all of those sorts of things. I think we mm -hmm. should probably go down that road because there are people and, you know, also. Gratitude and positive thinking. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that is a really good place for us to to start with because um, you can't get to what you've done and where you are uh, as with your performances and what you do. And by the way, maybe I should clarify that you're a violinist, and but you also are able to use performance art with working with people and doing what you do, including breakdancing and doing a violin and all sorts of interesting things. Yeah. Um, I cover a range of just different skills that pretty much showcase the violin, um, whether it's in the studio or it's a live performance, whether it's me hopping on a hoverboard. Uh, I mean, a lot of it's sort of coordination related things around the instrument. Um, I guess, except when, when you're, if you're talking about in the studio, but I mean like live performance wise. It's um, it's a journey for me. I'm always discovering new, exciting ways to sort of connect with people through music, and I enjoy it. And the positive thinking aspects of it uh, is sort of a prerequisite to me being able to achieve all of that. And it's a struggle. Just having said what I said, it's a struggle. You, it's something. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you can 
play violin while negotiating a hoverboard at the same time? Uh, uh, yeah, I just did it yesterday, actually. Um, and, and I didn't run over anybody's feet. Uh, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm just trying to show people that, that this classic instrument, that's that a lot of people sort of has written off as okay in the past, just associated with symphonies. And now if you want to hear music, it's just all about like a top forties vocalist. Uh, it's just got so many more dimensions to it and so many more aspects of beauty that, that I want people to appreciate. Um, yeah, the hoverboard is just, I don't know, it's just like a new discovery for me. Uh, kind of, uh, what's the word? It's sort of following after my years of, of training in um, gymnastics. So just learning coordination uh, is sort of like a lifelong skill. And it's something that I've worked really hard on. And it's just sort of translated to the new and fun things and, and live event scenarios. You just said something that I find really interesting is that um, music today is different than it used to be. Um, there's a lot of acts and uh, uh, folks out there that are really are just basically computer based. And it isn't as technically difficult to do that as it is to actually learn how to play the violin the way that you can do that. Um, do you find that today's music is a little wanting? I think there's, I, I found that there's a, a lot of medio, mediocrity going on uh, at very high levels of the industry. Um, and it's, it's, it's purposeful uh, in that it's money driven. Uh, it's driven by uh, a select few people that are sort of training our ears en masse across the country, across the globe um, by just spending and creating these celebrity type cultures around uh, the kind of music that they want to, they want to push. So uh, I'm doing my best to combat that, you know, with <laughs> by just literally just showcasing what I can do. And, and there are other people that are, that are following suit and I'm trying to train them and I'm just trying to bring additional dimensions to the music world. You know, I'm a titch older than you and I'm, I didn't notice. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> but what the time that we are in now reminds me very much of the late fifties, early sixties. Um, hmm. if you, if you think about it now, stay with me here for a minute. I'm because you, you had a lot of folks that you had songwriters and you had producers and then they go get a pretty face. that could sing. And then they would put that together and, and, and rather than being the creative force behind it, they were just a singer songwriter. And then they put a marketing thing behind them and, yeah. and all of that rather than, and then in 1964, this little group came along that was called the Beatles ah. and they kind of changed everything. The entire landscape and all that had gone before was no longer relevant anymore. I'm waiting I keep waiting for that to happen again. Hmm. Uh, me too. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess there's always new things evolving in the music industry. There's always people, there's always new innovators and new companies coming in to kind of shake up and stir up the industry. Um, I, 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 I would just, but, but a lot of it seems to remain within the vicinity of mediocrity. <laughs> I just, it's, 
not in every aspect, but um, I just think like skills and uh, skills should be promoted, should be admired a little more. Not not like, you know, like not everybody has to be Isaac Perlman. Uh, not, not everybody has to be playing Paganini to 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 be able to capture the attention of the masses. Um, but, the, you know, the Beatles, they had skills. They, they produced their own music. They composed. Um, sure, they shook things up. They shook up the industry and they had a major label behind them. But they had serious uh, talent, songwriting talent. Um, I definitely see that there are people who, who, are, who criticize, you know, my, my dad just growing up, he used to make fun of how the Beatles um, lyrics, Michelle, my bell. These are words that go together well. Michelle, my bell. He would like sort of laugh it off because he's like this snobby professor. No, I say that with love, dad, if you're watching this. But like, he's, sort of like, he's a professor in his ivory tower and he's like writing textbooks and stuff. So he listens to pop music, the Beatles. He's laughing at my dad. You should listen to the top 40s today and, and you would really um, respond differently to the Beatles. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because with the advent, excuse me, of uh, auto-tune, and some of these other computer things to where so you can take a pretty face who's got a mediocre voice and make them sound really good. And then they go on tour and they dance around and stuff and they lip sync to their own songs rather than playing them live. I, I To me, that's cheating. <laughs> Is it just me? <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, if you if you don't uh, if you don't support that kind of stuff, then don't pay attention or don't buy that ticket or whatever. But it's not so simple because th these enormous systems like not Live Nation and, you know, Universal Music Group and all those. I don't want to trash talk the whole industry here. I just want to state that they are pushing who they want to push, whether you like it or not. And we're all going to hear about it. Um, whether there's a talent or not. So it, it isn't as simple as, well, if you don't like it, don't pay attention. I mean, I can't tell you how many, how many artists uh, pop up in my Instagram feed. I have zero interest in them. They're shaking their booty. They're doing their stuff. And there's literally no like value that I, that I receive as, as an artist, as a listener, as a fan, whatever. Um, and, and that's, they're there because big money's backing them. So well, the problem is, is that you can't tell until it's way too late as to what is actually genuine and what is not real. And with the advent of AI coming on, uh, I'm real concerned about the purity and the quality of, of you know, because I, I really think that when you are as talented as you are and you can play like you do, that that is something that needs to be um, really needs to be uh, um, um, celebrated. And that because you've you've spent your whole life doing what you do uh, rather than just being a pretty face, which, by the well, way, you're well, pretty face, too. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I worked hard on this. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I shaved just for this interview. No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I want to just sort of speak to that. The that the world of AI, I mean, everybody's flipping out. And I, I think that there's definitely definitely good reason to be concerned. And uh, but. You know, when what's his name from uh, ChatGPT, you know, is talking about how, you know, we need kind of uh, international standards set in place to to prevent AI from going out of control. I completely agree with that. And I, th I, I assume the best uh, out of these systems, these these um, what's his name, Sam Altman, these leaders, um, I, I assume they're not just going to, like, let the world fry and have us all just end up sitting on a couch like that's like because like vegetables not doing anything because AI is going to do it for us. 
I'm, I'm assuming our government wants us to be productive and to work and develop skills and not just all end up being, I don't know, uh, doctors, uh, accountants and, um, bankers. I mean, those three being like pretty much what do you, what do you associate with, you know, working hard and then making good money? Uh, there's gotta be many other dimensions. Otherwise there's going to be mayhem. So I, I think they're going to put a cap on AI. I hope you're right, because I think you're a whole lot more optimistic than I am about it, even though this is Positive Talk Radio, because there are, you know, I got there are people all over the world that we don't have control over that that you can have some guy uh, develop something or use something that that can that can really change, change the fundamental um, workings of how we all live. Um, but hopefully, hopefully you're right. Hopefully our politicians and the folks. I, I said politicians in anyway, hopefully somebody will figure it out so that they can put a cap on it and stuff because the real, the real charm of what you do is it's real and it's honest and it's, it's, and it's by virtue of the hard work that you've done to achieve what you've accomplished. And that's, that I think is really important. I really appreciate that. It's really nice of you. Um, I, I want to say that, you know, while I do just a range of events, you know, corporate events, concerts, um, I, you know, I, I also do weddings. I also have younger folks that are interested in what I'm doing as a skill. Um, oh, it's cool. He plays the violin. Oh, it's cool. He plays the electric violin. He kind of, you know, he does the dancing thing. I like his music, like young people, like people, like I got like, kids that are kids that are like in their teens and like i know because people tell me and they say oh they follow, follow you on youtube they follow you on instagram like they love what you do so i i really i i don't think that you know the skill of playing an instrument is is going to disappear i i think that people will get depressed if it's just like oh robots can do this and that's it i i think that there's going to be pushback and and as a result the, the major companies are, are gonna have to have to take a, a you know a shift in perspective and they're not going to be able to own the entire world that being said something i'm not so positive about is uh the amount of control and information that the big data companies have i i you know i did an interview like the other week that the guy I was speaking with in the midwest he's sort of like oh asher you know it's it's over it's done google knows everything they they do but they don't there's a lot more information they can get from you they can micromanage and micro control the processes of your life, you know, starting with the Roomba in your home, knowing the dimensions of your home, the, the flooring, the, and, and there's some good aspects to that, but there's also some dangerous aspects to that. I don't want my, I don't want a Senator to know every, every dimension of my home and every aspect of like my finances or my, or my relationships. Like it's none of their freaking business. So I don't yeah. need the FBI to know. It's just, just you know, how much privacy do we want to give away? Um, and so that's something I agree. About. Now, I did want to ask you, though, because, you know, when we talk about AI and and uh, artificial intelligence and those things, can do you think that they will be a because when you play, there is an emotional aspect to how you play and it can it's really difficult for somebody to do what you do because they're not in your head being able to do you follow what i'm saying so do you think that ai will be able to have that emotional content that is um that is present in, in a live performance um I, I think that they'll be able to simulate some degree of that it's gonna i think it's gonna be a 
it's going to be like a few decades before they do based on the verbiage that's coming out of like the big guys like Elon Musk and so on and so forth. But uh, I don't think that, I don't think AI, I think it's a long way away is that AI actually develops this, where they're able to sort of like simulate this self-consciousness or like this sense of like self or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I don't think they're, I, I don't, I don't believe that that's going to happen, um, but they will be able to simulate those types of behaviors um, on a basic level. I hope we never get there because I, because humanity is, I would hate to see humanity get thrown on the dust heap of, of the, you know, of, of the universe because we couldn't adapt or, or that we were taken over by, by robots or whatever, but enough of that. I, I want to talk about, <laughs> I could talk about this. I, I could, I could talk about this forever. I, I mean, this stuff fascinates me and, and, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it's probably on the, the minds of everybody, of most people across the country. Um, and, and most people are, are still, it's so new that we're talking, you know, in, in the olden days, which was like last year, it was, these things were taking years and now they're down to months and weeks and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's moving way too fast for most of us. Do you mind if I mention one more thing about it? And then we can Not like, at all. Kind of shift. Not at all. okay. Cause I, I've, you know, I've sort of been having this conversation with friends, family, like what's going to happen in the next, you know, five years, what should we expect? So there's something very exciting, like the notion that maybe we'll all have like this thousand dollar robot that's able to manage our laundry and our dishwasher and that type of stuff, which will cut costs for us. But the sad thing is, you know, whenever you have an improvement in technology, like a Roomba, like a computer, it doesn't seem like it necessarily, you know, it makes your life more convenient, but it seems like the workplace adapts accordingly and demands more from us collectively. Uh, and what I'm concerned about is like, well, if, if we don't really have to cook or clean um, our homes, cause that's sort of taken care of by, uh, you know, by our robots, for instance, um, we're, you know, we're going to be expected to be in the workplace longer and, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be, you know, these companies are going to be pushing the envelope. We're going to have to be working that much harder to make ends meet. That's my big concern. I, I agree with you hundred percent because, you know, we can, we can get rid of the mundane tasks, but, and also the workplace is going to, going to change. I was, I was a bus driver for 12 years. There's going to come a time to when buses are going to be automated, but they're not going to be able to do away with the human element because of what <laughs> I don't know if you've ever ridden a bus, but strange <laughs> things happen on a bus sometimes, and then there needs to be an element of humanity to that to, to, that can think on their feet and make the the necessary changes. But but the job itself will change, and new training will have to take place, and and that's that's why I'm so glad the kids are as uh, adept at doing what they're doing because they're going to need those skills. Yeah, social skills seem to be dying gradually as like the screens and the the technology sort of infiltrates our lives, and I and I struggle with that with our two my two kids, eleven and, and three. Um, I love them dearly, and I, I just uh, you know I, I they're thankfully they have good social skills, but it's it's really important to us that that they continue to have good so, social skills and as they as they grow up, um, because you know we're sort of trained in school to to think a hundred percent of the focus or 90% of the focus is on, on academics and on scoring a hundred on the test. And this whole other dimension of the brain is not really, you know, the, the collaborative aspects, having good relationships, having meaningful, deep relationships, uh, caring about other people, like being able to manage a marriage and a family, that's a whole thing that isn't really taught in school so much. It's taught 
by example from generation to generation. And um, I think if that goes out the window, which in many respects in this country it has, then we're in big trouble. But, um, you know, people with uh, I could talk forever about this. Um, Companies aren't able to hire folks. uh, 80 percent of uh, the population, I heard some staggering statistic that um, consists of individuals who are on the spectrum. Um, uh, basically, they, they have difficulty kind of communicating. They're not as uh, they have less flexibility in social social environment, and they can't be they can't be hired. And that what that does is that creates a whole lot of whole lot of challenges in the workplace. I, I don't I don't want to you know digress too much from the topic, but yeah, we could talk forever about this. Well, but you know the the idea is to exchange ideas uh, on this program that that can that can help people and and quite frankly, learning about what AI is and about our what's happening in our society and stuff in many ways is is a very helpful thing so that people can begin to recognize it when it comes up. As an example, you're right; it is so easy for kids to become so. Uh, indoctrinated by social media, and then they and they withdraw from humanity. Rather, like when I was when I was a kid, we would be able to go. Now this goes back a ways. I know, but when when I was a kid, we had uh, a group of kids in the neighborhood, and we'd go to the local ball field, and we'd choose sides, and we'd and we'd play a game of baseball. I don't mm-hmm. see that anymore. I don't see kids riding bikes um, the way they once did. I, I you know, there's. A lot of things that we used to do that were social activities that were outside because, you know, in my world, we had a stick to play with. We had, didn't have a lot of, of a lot of money to, to buy, you know, uh, there were no video games or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we didn't do it. So we had to go find something else and more fun, more creatively to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Uh, and that creativity came from within. Uh, which was yeah. an important point. Uh, and, uh, you know, the whole initiative behind the metaverse, I just want to say uh, in, in the context of what just responding to what you just said, I think that there was a I don't think I know there was a pushback when the meta- metaverse failed uh, Zuckerberg's project to pretty much upgrade the Internet from like two dimensional to four to three or four dimensional, where we're literally immersed in the whole system of interacting with with others. Um with their what do you call it the virtual goggles that type of stuff um the fact that it failed flat on its face uh i think speaks to people's resistance to wanting to be controlled to that degree i agree and as long as people and i don't know about you but i know for myself i make a terrible employee so i don't like to be controlled i like to do what i want to do and i when you are a a, um as innovative Mm -hmm. as you are and you do what you do, you, I imagine that you would find being an employee less than satisfying. Um, I have been an employee for a number of years. I, you know, I, I have, have another, I have a number of degrees of very expensive degrees, uh, from NYU, from, you know, Chief university, all top tier universities, degrees that I value valuable education, but they, they led me to rank and file type of positions where, I, I, I was obviously I, I needed creativity, you know, as a teacher, as an educator, as a nurse in the nursing field, but still sort of like your world is answering to the man, so to speak. Uh, and I, I just it I felt like a lot of that stuff was to an ex- extent soul crushing 
<laughs> um, and I just felt like if I'm going to work this hard to earn that little, I might as well just do it all for myself instead of some guy that could care less about me, guy or girl, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I do what I do. And I, I, it's not just me and it's not just you, just you, Kevin. It's, it's, I think it's a good number of people across the country. The gig economy has skyrocketed for a reason, um, while it poses risks uh, and it, it, it upsets the politicians because they can't control everything from the top with like a few CEOs. Uh, it's, it's it's in response to the systems over the last 50 years people feel the need to be creative to be to express themselves to have flexibility in in their scheduling um this is what people want to do it's something that i love i struggle in my daily job um as as an independent um musician producer composer you know etc but i absolutely love it and i feel I feel fulfilled, you know, with every release, with every symphony, with every elect every electronic classical piece that I that I produce and publish. I feel like this is this is the stuff of life. I'm doing it right. Um, you know, sure, there's a lot of data crunching. There's a lot of like paperwork. There's but it's I'm doing I'm building something that I value. And I, and I know that you do the same. Did you ever where, where did that come from for you? I know where it came from for me, but when did it ever cross your mind that, or did anybody ever tell you, you know, Asher, 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 you know, you, you need to get a job and you need to work, you know, nine to five and you need to stay within your lane and you need to do all those things. Where did it come for you that, that you wanted to live your passion? And, um, we're going well, to, I, I give, I give my wife a lot of credit. I mean, it came from within, but my wife gave me the support and, you know, the assistance in, in, in taking a risk. Uh, so I'm, I'm forever grateful for that because I didn't really get that encouragement from every, any, anywhere else. Um, at least within like my closed circles, I was brought up to do the nine to five, to do the rank and file, to, to do, to take the, the safe path to, um, to success, if you will. And, and, and I don't begrudge, family or any, any of that. I, I literally, I do not begrudge anybody because they wanted the best for me. And, 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 and it, the, the idea is to, okay, you want to provide a safe, safe, supporting, loving type of system for your, for your family and for your kids. So that's the responsible thing to do. I, it took a trauma for me, uh, landing myself in a wheelchair about eight years ago that, that led to the emergence of a new found sort of perspective in life and a, a deep sense of gratitude for just being healthy, being, being independent, um, having the ability to make my own independent decisions. Uh, these are, these are things that I, um, I guess I owe, owe that trauma, the state of adrenal insufficiency. I think that there's a book and I've got a, I've got a title for you from wheelchair to hoverboard. Um, and so, you were in a wheelchair eight years ago. Tell us about that. Um, I, I, I just remember that it was that it was it was traumatizing. It was depressing. It was frustrating. I just wanted to get out of there. It wasn't like I was just lying in the in bed, like just like a vegetable, I, disinterested in getting better. I was trapped in this shell that was not allowing me to physically get up to physically move, to do anything, uh, to, to support my family, which is 
the biggest curse you could you you could ever face. Uh, I guess I guess it's always worse. Some some of my fans they've they've shared some pretty depressing things with me, such as like suicidal tendencies, that type of stuff. But um, thank God I've never been in that category. But adrenal insufficiency is hell on earth, um, and I, I ended up on on Cortef. Uh, permanent dosage of store steroids, which I actually got off of, uh, miraculously. And, uh, but I could tell you in that state, I do re- clearly remember looking up at the ceiling, uh, lying in bed, just thinking like, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out of here. Uh, you know, the doctors are telling me I am when I am, uh, you know, I have a chronic inflammatory condition. Uh, my adrenals aren't producing enough cortisol, blah, blah, blah. Uh, these are the blood tests. Just live your life the best you can from a wheelchair. My wife was obviously going to stick by me, but I, I, I absolutely refused. And that was that was like the the that was the moment that I remember clearest um, eight years ago. The rest is kind of a blur. <laughs> I mean, it's just I just remember just being absolutely just like I got to get out of here. This is hell. This is the worst. But it was now with the and couple of couple of things here i want to point out number one it does take a great support system uh to do something extraordinary but also you from your own heart from your own inner self made the decision screw this i'm not going to put up with this i'm going to get better yeah and the screw this was like i don't care what authorities are telling me i am or my limitations are i'm not buying it um and and i i've read stories and i've I've seen that there are alternative approaches and, 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 and I'm going to try everything that I can. Um, but I was going to mention one thing, kind of the, the thought escaped me, but it was a really important point. Um, it will come back. Sir. Yeah. It'll come back in a minute. Yeah. Um, so, so it in, and your wife uh, was able to, to deal with that. And that must've been horrible for her as well. Yeah. It was obviously traumatizing for her as well. And, um, and for my son, who was about two at the time. Yeah. Well, now you've got you've got a three-year-old and you've got an 11-year-old. By the way, does your 11-year-old look at your YouTube stuff and does he does he value when, when you play like you do and does he value how rare it is that, to do what you do? You know, oddly enough, he does. Uh, I'm not sure I fully understand it. Um I'm like, my son is like admiring what I'm doing and watching what I'm doing. It's his, his friends are also. Um, and it's like, it's a little bit, it's a little challenging, a little hairy. Cause if I got upset at him for like, I don't know, uh, maybe not, not cleaning his room or whatever. I, I have to be careful because he's just, he's such a blessing in my life. And he's such a, he's such a wonderful supporter. Like I, I can't, can't just be like, Go to your room. You know, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, if you could just clean your room, please. I don't know if he's just kissing up to me, but. No, you you can probably crush him with a look. (laughs) He's a really sensitive kid. Uh, You know, he's more into into my career, way more into my career than I was into my dad's. Uh, He was a paleontologist. Um, I I, got to be grateful for that. Oh yeah. Well, in, in, in my case, my younger son, I could, and, and we got along great, but if I got mad at him, I didn't even have to say anything. I could get him to cry. Now, now years later, what I don't know is whether or not that was actual genuine tears or was, was he playing me? So 
we we are cut from a similar cloth. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of funny that you mentioned that because my son, uh, he's he kind of he's a little bit of both. He's he's able to turn it on and off like a faucet, um, which is a little bit manipulative to say the least. But he's also a genuine kid, uh, and and he is he really loves me and his and his family and his mother. So grateful for that. But since you mentioned the tears, that's what I forgot. To, that's what I was missing um the the other major moment uh that i remember very clearly was it, over that whole period of many months that i was pretty much a vegetable i don't remember crying i just remember being frustrated like please like get me out of here somebody you know get me out of the shell but once i was strong enough to lift the instrument i remember the first time i picked the violin up again and i realized that my career would be a realistic option for me once again. Um, I just, I, I just like broke down at that point. Um, and, and, and I realized how much it, it, it meant to me. Um, uh, just, just music, the world of music, um, which I, I had taken for granted for many years. And I just realized how much it fills my soul. And that's, what's important. Uh, as long as you live yeah. and are working to fill your soul with whatever it is that you're doing, that's the that's the important thing, and so I think that more and more people are getting back to it now, especially after COVID, and and they're finding out that life is finite, and that the people died that they didn't expect to die and stuff. There, there, a lot of people are taking a different attitude, which I think is really healthy for us. Yeah, it might have been the best thing. Um, people need their cups filled, their soul replenished. You know, they they don't just. Sure, everybody wants a retirement. Everybody wants to earn a good living, and, and we want to be financially viable country, and so on and so forth. But uh, we we need we need soul activities. We can't do just soul crushing work our entire lives. Nationally, that's what people want. Yes, and uh, one of the things that you talk about is practicing mindfulness and meditation, and and really going inside of yourself. And learning, learning some things. I, the, that's an important practice. I know it is for you. Um, why is it important for you? Mindfulness, being self-aware, um, I would say is first and foremost, is like a, an absolute prerequisite to being an all-around healthy, accomplished human being. Uh, sure, there are all sorts of like dysfunctional people that, that, are, that have achieved you know, making millions and they're, they're famous and they're in Hollywood and so on and so forth. I'm talking, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about functional 360 holistic, healthy human beings that are also successful in their career, successful in their personal lives. That's the epitome for me of somebody who has achieved, um, who's really lived their life to their fullest. And, uh, you know, Tai Chi mindfulness meditation, like that's a great way that, it's taken a long time for this country to come to those types of skills, but that's, that's a great way to, to, to fill your cup, to fill your soul, to, to find, to find gratitude, to find positive energy within yourself so that all the crap that's out there doesn't, doesn't derail you from your goals. And in fact, you can rise above it and not let it affect you in a negative way. Even, even when you have got challenges, I, I like to call them uh, a bad country music song period where you've got, you know, it's a tough period in time. Things just don't seem to be going right. But if you look at it from the standpoint of the long road and, you know, 
other than what happened to you, because what happened to you is un- unusual to say the least, and it was horrific. Um, but for most of us, the challenges in life, you lose a loved one, you lose a wife, you, you know, it, it, things can go on and you can learn from them and you can be, and you can become better. And that's, isn't that part of the experience of life that we're all here to have? Yeah. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, as they say. Um, yep. Couldn't be, couldn't be more true. Um, and, and what else, what other choice do we have? But uh, we can sort of give up. Um, but, but those of us who are reasonably healthy, you know, we, we face a challenge, we try to, we try to rise to it and we, we build skills uh, around that, around that experience. And uh, that's the only way to grow. Uh, but uh, being self-aware back to what I said, I, I just, that, that's something that's helped me. Um, Cause I've, I've struggled. Like I'm not a therapist listeners out there, you know, whoever, whoever's out there thinking that I'm a therapist, I'm not trying to at all present myself as a therapist. I, uh, I'm somebody who's struggled uh, for many, many years with my own sense of like self finding gratitude, finding meaning in my life. And I've, I, and I have, I've directed my attention to these, these skills um, that have helped me kind of do a lot better in my life. Do a lot better career-wise. Yeah. I wanted to mention that uh, I'm willing to bet, and this is just me, and I haven't we haven't talked about this, so you can tell me if I'm all wet, but I'm willing to bet that when you have a moment and you are feeling like you need to be uplifted in a way that you'll go off all by yourself and play and play your instrument or you'll listen to music because of the vibrational aspects of it, then it can uplift your soul and can put you in a better frame of mind. Um, so tell me if, if there are times when we might hear the violin coming from the closet or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. The, um, you know, I try to get those alpha waves or beta waves, whatever you call them. Um, yeah. it may have my happy places. Well, my happy place is my family, but also my happy place is the studio, uh, producing symphonies, producing electronic, uh, classical, uh, listening to my idols, uh, my music idols, and 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 playing music live on social media, um, but but my happiest place within the music realm is probably in the studio, and I and I also deeply grateful to be able to perform live, and I'm it's great, you know, it's it's great playing with other really talented uh, you know jazz musicians and just just pop artists. It's 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 a real blessing. It makes your soul sing, doesn't it? It does. Never mind the the pun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm full of puns. I'm a funny guy. No, you kidding. are. You are. I love them. <laughs> it's but I it's imp- it's important. It's it's important that everyone and it doesn't. I don't care what it is. If for you working a calculator and doing the numbers and fixing somebody's checkbook. If that's what turns you on, by all means, do that. Do it. Enjoy yourself. But, but don't do, don't waste your time and your life. I'm older now. My brother's gone. My best friend from high school's gone. My mom and dad, my uncles, my aunts are, they're all gone now. And I want people to know that one day, this is going to be a surprise, Asher, but one day we're going to be gone. And uh, in between now and then, we need to make it as, as wonderful a time as we can. Um, do you agree? I'm sure that you agree with that. Uh-oh. Still there? Are, 
Yeah, I'm still here. Are you back? Okay. The last like two minutes it froze. Oh yeah, I'm sorry about that. By the way, we've got. Uh, do you know a gentleman by the somebody by the name of Vice Monarch? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't always know people that. I love the connection between music and mental. I, I don't know everybody that's associated with my music or that listens to my music. Um, yeah, I do. Vice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I think he made it up, quite frankly. But uh, but he, he's got an interesting point that he loves the connection between music and mental health. I think that that is there's something to be said for that. Whenever I'm listening to and and I'm fortunate because I believe that. There are times when when music is brought to me for a reason, and I'll be like listening on the radio, and a particular song will come up that will address the particular issue that I'm thinking about, and it, it really does help me um, get through it and and to and to and to understand it and to live better. Does that happen to you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's the melody that just sort of gets me out of that rut. Um, if something's bugging me or frustrating me, just, just shifting mindset um, to, to just following a beautiful melody in earworm, if you will, um, that, that, that uh, just, it just helps me kind of open up, open up my mind to positive type, type of thinking. Um, that's what I do. That's, that's, that's what everybody should do. Quite, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, some people, you know, some people like to redirect their attention in Tai Chi and they find that that valuable. Um, exactly. I think the, just the general idea is just finding something that's your outlet that that you really can connect to um, that diverts your attention from the negative experience that that's a value. So if, if you are doing something that like as an example, I'll tell you, oh, first of all, I can continue to go down this road, but I want to make sure we get your information out. So Asher, so tell somebody how they can get a hold of you if they'd like. Sure. Uh, so asherlaub.com, A-S-H-E-R-L-A-U-B.com is my uh, my site. Uh, that could direct you to all sorts of other sites like Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok. You can say hello over there. I love when people leave comments and uh, connect with me on live. Just search Asher Lob, A-S-H-E-R-L-A-U-B. Um, I'm also all over all the other major platforms. My original music is on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, et cetera. So that's an actual. Can they, can they buy the music come going to uh, Asher Lob? So they could buy it on off iTunes or, or Amazon or any other major platform. They could, or Google, they could, uh, if they want to support me directly or if they want to get music that they can't get on other platforms, go to AsherLab.com. There's a store, it says slash store, and there's a whole bunch of music, uh, symphonies even, that I've I've released only exclusively there. Oh, cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'll, have to, I'll have to go there. Now, this is what I say as a public service announcement to every musician that's out there. Please, please, if you're going to listen to Asher, buy his music, don't just stream it. Because they don't make any money from streaming. They make it when you buy it. And, and not even that much to, to, from what I understand. Yeah. We make about 0 0.001 cents per stream. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see a hundred, a hundred streams for a penny. Yeah. Uh, you know, those, those streams are going to, a lot of them are going to major label artists, but uh, 
yeah, I've been blessed. I've been blessed with a good amount of traffic to to my Spotify. It's just, I, I you know, it, it's almost, it's almost, it's sort of like being put on the map. Um, but but it's not like directly supporting the artist so much. Uh, I, I mean, indirectly, you know, if you're sharing the music on Spotify or put it on playlists, that, that's a value. Like I would, I would deeply appreciate that. I, I tell people if you don't have the money, and I have quite a few fans who've said like, I can't, I can't. Like, I'd love to support you if I had the money, so on and so forth. Uh, these are ways of supporting an artist for free. So that that's the value of streaming. Uh, but if you have the money, uh, or you have a couple dollars, yeah, you, you, you want to support an artist, purchase their money directly off the site. I was talking to a guy who was telling me that one of his later songs, or latest songs, had half a million streams. And he got a check for $60. Is that true? Uh I've I've made a little more royalty wise off of my Neon Dreams, for instance, which has about a half a million streams on Spotify, um, YouTube. Some of my, like I've made, yeah, like maybe on YouTube, uh, that's the amount that I made. Uh, it, it varies. So like if you, but if you're at that level where you're making, where you're like you have like a billion streams or like uh, or twenty million streams, it tends to pay a little bit more. So. This, the the platform is essentially supporting bigger artists than they are smaller artists or even mid-level artists. Yeah. Kind of yeah, the game goes. Well, yeah. And I've been also been told that uh, uh, Spotify and people say it kind of under their breath is Spotify is controlled by record companies. Yes. 40%, 40% of Spotify is owned, maybe 44, uh, owned by the three major record labels. So that's going to the that money's going to the record label execs and the um, and I've heard this directly from from Spotify um, uh, executives like people that have worked in the playlist departments that type of stuff um, and then moved out so they were at sort of at leisure to to share this with me we sort of have a working relationship that they that they are their hands are bound that's the, the phrase because Spotify owns 40%. So they're investing significantly in this platform that helps to blow up their artists. But it also means that if they use bot bots to inflate their artists streams, um, there's little that Spotify can do about it because they could pull their catalogs. Oh, so where do you think this game of uh, cat and mouse is going to end? Uh, possibly never. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like this cycle. It's a cycle of like venture capitalists investing the money and then the money the money decides. Like you just follow the money and that's those are the people and and the industries those those are the the systems driving the industry. That's what I'm trying to say. Um I don't know. I hope they stop. I I, I because I I really value, you know, to do what you've done has taken you into your entire life to get to be where you are today and to do it as professionally and as well as you do it, you deserve to get paid. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, uh, I would happen to agree. <laughs> I think that this artists are, you know, independent artists of which there are probably more now than ever uh, because of the systems that play like since the internet emerged uh yeah like people need to earn a living and and uh, now it's about live performance like that's how a lot of artists are earning earning an income uh, that's how i've been earning an income for like the last 15 20 years through live performance but um you know there's something to be said about uh earning from the comfort of your studio and that's oh, yeah people aspire for it. yeah well and that, that's that's why you have all these 
old acts. I, I remember when I was younger and, and they asked Paul McCartney uh, when if he was 30, if he was going to still be doing uh, what he's doing. And he, he said, well, you know, I don't know. That's kind of old to be a rock and roll star. So he's 80 and he's still out there doing. Oh, wow. God bless him. God bless yeah. his soul. He just loves what he does. Yes. And and it keeps him young. And that's yeah. And, and uh, John, not John Lennon. Um, uh, what's his name? Elton John. Yeah. <laughs> Elton John. I think he's on his farewell tour or something like that. Uh, you know, he's he's in retiree mode. I guess he's managing Ed Sheeran. Uh, you know, I, I, if I, I couldn't it, like the the whole the tour experience, while it's intense and exhausting, it's also very rewarding. So uh, I get I get it that like a guy like Paul McCartney, like why why would he ever want to not tour? Like it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and he's got the same five guys or four four guys four guys that no five guys that he's been playing with for for like the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. And so it makes it real easy to go on tour for, for them. They all know this in the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you named up, what are some of the bigger tours that you've been on? So I haven't, I haven't done like any Paul McCartney tours. Uh, I do independent like type concerts and, and events, you know, in different parts of the country and, you know, Europe. Um, but I don't go on like uh, tour bus type tours. You know, I'm doing about 200 events a year. Um, many of them are dispersed concerts. Like, so I'll fly out to Texas, such as I'm flying out tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in Austin. Uh, you know, I'll go to LA, uh, Canada, um, the Netherlands, that type of stuff, but never like three months at a time. Uh, I have, I have two kids, a wife, uh, they will not, they are not interested in, in daddy being gone for three months, uh, at a time. It's already hard enough that I'm gone every evening, pretty much, uh, doing performances, doing events, doing concerts. Uh, but the, the idea is like, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go to Texas or, uh, North Carolina or Florida, I have to come back after that event. So that's sort of like the understanding I have right now. Once my kids are a little older, I'll probably be doing, um, maybe longer, longer periods of time, longer stints, uh, with my family. Well, and see, it's different for for you because, like, uh, uh, Paul McCartney, he took everybody with him, and they they flew and stuff. And when you, you yeah. can take you, you can take your kids when you're when you're yeah. If you have well, first of all, it's it's not. It, I, I'm sure it was a lot easier if you're in a position like Paul McCartney uh, to do that to bring your kids on the road. But it's also uh, I don't know how how healthy it is. Um, developmentally for a kid to always have to be on the road. I'm sure it's exciting, but what about their friends? You know, they may have all their, they may have the doctor nearby and they have, there are all the resources and the food and the support and the entertainment. But what about the, the consistency and the daily routine that kids need growing up? Um, so my wife's a developmental psychologist, so it's a little difficult for me to have that debate with somebody who's literally one of the, the, the biggest publishers in the field of developmental psychology. Um, so like when she says like, this is what's healthiest for our kids. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, I'm not going to argue with somebody who's like well published and, and has pretty much read all the, the, the research I, I respect, I respect everything that she's done. And She's a tenured professor. So, and, and you know, she's got her life also. She's not interested in picking up, going on the road and, you know, being my groupie. Right. Exactly. You know, 
So that that's the, and, and that's why a lot of you know people. I don't know if Paul McCartney was. Oh, he was married while he, when he was on tour. I guess so. Yeah. So maybe they got married with the understanding that okay, we'll get married, but I'm going to be on tour all the time. You to come with me. Um, well, you know, you know what he did was he, he married Linda, and so he put her in the band. So she was part of the band. So that's how he got around that. Okay. Okay, that works. I, you know, I have a friend uh, like like uh, Jessica Lynn. She her whole family goes with her on tour, but they're literally in the band, so that works. You know, I, I tried to I tried to like get my my son to like play piano, so he kind of like join my band. We go on tour together. My daughter, she's playing the violin at three. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm I'm doing my best. <laughs> my wife is never going to play an instrument. Maybe like the the triangle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I have to tell you, uh, Asher, you, you, you're wonderful to be around. You, you are a very intelligent man. I, I, I really wish you the best. And by the way, you can play The Devil Went Down to Georgia uh, and, and play it flawlessly. So uh, uh, I'm touched. You, you have my that that's one of the few violin pieces in the, in the 70s that actually was in popular music. Um, and that's Charlie Daniels. Yeah, Charlie Daniels. That's right. Oh uh, well, when I went out to, to Atlanta, um, two weeks ago, was it about two, two, three weeks ago, that was like the one thing that they needed to hear, Charlie Daniels. <laughs> well, they can't, they can't hear it from him anymore, so they they need they need me. <laughs> <laughs> I got you covered, Charlie. Yes, indeed. He, and and he was looking down at you, saying. That's a fine boy right there. Boy right there. <laughs> Wish I could have met him. Yeah. I, I tell you. Anyway, so before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to tell our audience anything that you'd like them to know. And uh, we can go over your information again. You can give a nugget of wisdom that only you know. Or, or if that's too much pressure, you can just say, ha. Ha. Um, I... I um... I don't, like to, I don't like to lecture people too much, although I've been doing that the entire hour. Uh, but just in general in life, I so I'm just, I just kind of want to reiterate what I what I mentioned in terms of what has made me personally happy when I found people around me to be become personally happy. And this is in the context of a national catastrophe where we have a mental health, health crisis nationally. Um, I think if more people found looked within and found what it is that make them truly truly happy, truly joyful. It's not just about happiness, it's about joy. And they filter out all the noise. Um, other people's expectations, for instance. I think that a lot more people would find satisfaction, um, soulful soulful achievements, um, would find their, their calling. Um, and there would be a lot less depression um, in the world, in the country. So I just want to kind of... Uh, encourage people to do that because it's it's really it's been a blessing for me to take that approach you know what i'm going to do i'm going to take what you just said i have an assistant who goes and uh, pulls stuff out of the shows and puts them on instagram that's going to become an instagram for us and we'll credit you for it that sounds great I, i'm and i'd be happy to share with my audience i look forward to sharing this with my audience too I'm looking forward to it as well. Thank you so much, sir. And I, I really, will you come back and, and see me again sometime? Anytime. Anytime, Kevin. I Thank really you for having me. 
Oh, you you're, you are more than welcome. And you see, we never know where this is going to go when we start. So it, I had no idea, but it turned out great. Well, I, what we do know is that in the next 10 years, I'll probably have an avatar or AI bot doing the interview for me. And so for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 might, I might be dead then. Who knows? I'm, you know. What, nah, what, God forbid. I know. But thank you so much for being here, Asher. And go to asherlob.com and get all the information. Buy his music. Dang it. Buy it. And uh, I really appreciate you being here. And, and it's time for you to go have dinner with your family now. That's right. I guess that would be lunch for you, right? Yeah. Well, it's 4 o'clock, so it's almost, you know, Late like lunch. cocktail hour. Dinner. If I had that. Uh, so, but I, I appreciate your time, sir. And uh, thank you so much. If you wait right there, I'll be right back. Okay. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.